Hi, everyone, and welcome to 50 Now What? I'm your host, Alicia Sutton. Jumping back into the dating world can be stressful at any age, but today's guest, Lisa Copeland, is here to tell you that there is actually a ton of freedom in dating over 50. In today's episode, we talk about why heart connection is far more important than chemistry, why triggering the hero response in a man is a good thing, how to create the vision for the kind of partner you want, and much more. Whether you're recently single and ready to mingle, have been solo for a while and ready to get started seeing people or anywhere in between, Lisa gives us her strategies for looking for a man and how you can do it vastly different than you ever thought possible. Hi, Alicia. <laughs> Hi, Lisa. It's so good to see you. I'm so glad to have you here. I've been excited about this all week. <laughs> I've been wanting to do a love couple show for a while. It's been on my heart. And I was like, okay, who can I get to do this? And you're the one. I mean, you got the skills because I know nothing in this space and you're so well respected in this space. So we're so glad to have you here. And for my listeners who don't know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? How did your journey end up here in love coaching and dating expert? How did we get here? Well, first of all, thank you for having me here with you. And secondly, how did I get here? I guess it goes back to when I was getting divorced the second time. I'd only been married for two years. We had tremendous chemistry, which you really do want to run from if you have intense chemistry with someone, because chemistry, everyone's looking for it, but you really want to look for is connection, a heart connection. And in a way that you can't, you're not only the chemistry part comes in much slower, which is, you know, intimacy, but you also want to have a friendship and you want to have a heart connection. And we mix up the heart and the lust when it's all about chemistry. And we trust people that may not be trustable because the chemistry feels good. So my second marriage was intense chemistry and we really didn't have a friendship. So it ended pretty quickly. And I decided I would take some time to heal. And then when I uh, was done healing, when I felt ready to date, I went looking for a coach for myself because I didn't want to mess up again. And I was a little over 50 at that time. And there was no one out there helping women over 50, just people, men and women in their 20s and 30s. And I thought, what do they know about over 50s issues? You know, we have self-esteem issues. You know, we have all kinds of things going on. And so I called my sister up. I said, I can't find anyone. I'm destined to be alone the rest of my life. And my sister starts laughing. And she says, you're the most resourceful person I know. Start figuring it out. And that's what I did. And my friends saw I was having a great time dating. I loved dating. And I was having a great time dating. They wanted to know what I was doing. And I started to share stuff with them. And then I came across a statistic, I can't remember the actual numbers now, but it's a very huge amount of people getting divorced over 50. And I didn't want them to suffer with dating like I did. And I used to cry all the time I gave my power away. This is what when my first marriage ended is when this started really happening. So that's how I got into this. And I love helping women on what I call this love journey, because having love in your life feels good. That's what you want to look for. Not the chemistry that feels good, but the heart-centered love of self, love of your partner, and love of the relationship. 
And I like that you make that distinction between chemistry and connection, because to me, when I always hear that was a big thing, you got to have chemistry, got to have chemistry. I don't want to be anybody. I don't have chemistry. And to me, that always registered as, like you said, the love at first sight, the energy's there, the sexual, the hotness It's all, you know, you're all revved up about this person. And then all that kind of falls to the bottom and you're left with little to nothing in terms of friendship. And since you've been in this space and basically developed a a whole expertise in this area, do you think that over time some of the negative stereotypes and narratives around women dating over 50, you hear, oh, she's a cool girl, oh, she's a sugar mama, you know what I mean? She's a nurse or a purse. Which one is it? Has it started to kind of fall away? Is it becoming more normalized? Ah, the nurse of the purse is real, is, um, women have a, a real thing with this. <laughs> they don't want to be either. That's for sure. And looking for sugar daddies. I'm sure there are women out there looking for sugar daddies. I don't hear it so much. And what was the first one you said? Cougar. That was the one I, when I was much younger, it was always about the cougar and all that stuff. So that's really interesting because younger men are looking at older women. And a lot of women get contacted by men who are 10 years younger than them. And they think to themselves, are they looking for a mom? Are they looking for money? Like you said, not the nurse or purse, maybe the purse, but that's the same as a sugar mom or a sugar daddy. And they think why would, because of stereotypes or what people have normally done where it's older man, younger woman, Women have a hard time thinking, why would he like me if men my own age don't like me? Which, by the way, many do, but like women, they're close to their own age. But women feel a little insecure having a younger guy like them because they're worried about aging past the guy. But women take really good care of themselves and they really can hold their own. I've had clients marry guys 10 years younger than them. And they're very happy. Their energy matches, the sexuality matches, there's a friendship there. And he really appreciates her. Oh, that's good to know. And I'm glad to see that kind of starting to change. And even now, like I know the, they have we have a golden bachelor out now. And I mean, and that's pretty exciting to see. And hopefully with you and I having this conversation and more and more of this coming about, that it's just a lot more normal that you're going to see more women older dating. And it's just a part of our socialization and how we see the world now. I want to talk about there are some challenges to dating over 50 as well as some benefits. So what would you say are some of the challenges? Obviously, we've already talked about the chemistry and the connection. But what are some other things in addition to that or expanding on that in terms of the challenges for women over 50 dating? I think one of the biggest challenges is women's self-esteem because we're starting at a time in our lives when our bodies don't look like they did in our 20s and we don't look like we did in our 20s and we look in the mirror and we think, oh my God, this is not what I look like. Will a guy like me? But the thing is, a guy doesn't know what you look like in your 20s. He's either attracted (laughs) to you or not attracted to you. (laughs) That's true. So men actually love confidence in women. The thing they don't love is our need to sometimes be a little bossy. It comes from the survival mode we were in to be okay and telling people how to do something, when to do them, where to do it, those kinds of things. Men don't like that, but men do like confident women, emotionally healthy men. 
And they're very attracted to confident women, as long as you don't boss them around. So self-esteem also plays into am I enough? That's really the ultimate thing there. Am I enough? And the second thing is, women think, will men like me at my age? And I think that's really hard for women because a lot of times, like I even see on my YouTube channel, men will write in, ladies, you should not expect a man your age to like you. You should expect if you're in your 50s or 60 year old to like you. It is not true. They're talking about where they are and projecting it onto everybody in the over 50s dating world. Whereas men you know, there's a pot, what is it they say? It's a lid for every pot. And that's true. There's going to be a man who will love you at whatever age you're at, whatever your body's like, whatever it is. And nobody loves everybody. As women, we want everybody to love us. Even if we don't like you, we want you to love us. (laughs) That's absolutely true. (laughs) I see. Yeah, But men like women of all ages, all sizes, they have their own preferences, just like we do about men. And I think the other hard part is understanding who men are today. Because when the generation over 50 was growing up, we were inundated with women's lib, which was great because women were able to finally pursue careers that they wanted. Sadly, not always at the amount of money the male counterpart would get, and that should change. But what happened relationship-wise is women were not only going out to work, women were doing it all. And they lost the cooperation of men because we felt like I could do it better than you. I could do it faster than you. Get out of my way. And so we don't have this understanding of men. And when you do, men actually write to me when I write about this and they say to me, oh my God, I wish women would listen to you because this it's so simple. We really just want to make you happy and be appreciated. But we get very critical because we're very detail-oriented and we want it done a certain way. And so we criticize men and we start to lose their cooperation all over again and get stuck doing it all ourselves again. And then we get resentful. So I guess there's that balance between because like you talked about women in the workplace and I know a lot of, you know, the work boss women, they run their own show. They have their own businesses. They're the supervisors. They're leading in these spaces where, you know, you used to see a lot of men leading. And so you develop over time just a way of speaking in that role. So how do we, I guess there's a balance. And what I'm hearing you say is the balance between using when to use your feminine energy and when to use your or masculine energy and still not feel as though you're somehow giving up your own sense of power, I guess, if that's the word I'm using correctly. Does that make sense? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, it does. It does. I've had women take what they learn about using their feminine energy into the workplace, not from a sexual energy. What it is, it's called triggering the hero response in men. And it's so simple. All you have to do is say, I need your help. For a woman to say, I need your help, she feels like she's a doormat and comes across as weak. And yet all you're doing by using those words, I need your help, or could you do me a favor? All you're doing is triggering in that guy, how can I make your life easier? And we want that anyway. So many of my clients who have played alpha roles, both in business and relationships, 
They are so tired of everything being on their shoulders, but we're so afraid to ask for help. But yeah, and an example of this is, is we don't necessarily know how to ask for help because I remember in my first marriage, I would say to my husband, honey, could you please help me with whatever it was? Let's say, could you please help me move a table? And if I said that to you, Alicia, what would you say? Oh, I got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> yeah, you would say sure, because women are community oriented, but men hear somebody else from their life. And that's their mother. They hear her say, honey, could you please move your shoes? Honey, could you please take your homework upstairs now? Or, And my um, ex-husband used to say to me, you're ordering me. And I couldn't figure out what he was talking about because as a woman, I said, please. And as a woman, though, I'm community oriented. Men are wired to fix for you, which drives us crazy sometimes because as a community, we like to process. Men are wired to fix for you. And it drives us crazy because we want to just process something and we share the problem with the guy. And he says, well, you could fix this. You could do this. You could do this. And we just want to say, don't tell me how to fix it. But what you really need to say is, could you do me a favor? I just have to process something. I don't need anything fixed. It'll take me less than five minutes. It's, can you just listen to me? Would it be okay? You know, you don't even have to say it that wimpy. You could just say, I just need, feel like I need to be heard for a couple of minutes. Would that be okay? And a guy will say, sure. And you limit it to five minutes because they're not into processing. <laughs> I've never really thought about it that way. I mean, I think I've heard this, you know, you can hear that stuff in the background, but actually putting it into practice is not something that I think I ever got used to doing. And I think maybe it's going to take maybe a little bit of that because it processing <laughs> that whole thing to do that. And I actually, it's an experience that I had and I, you know, recently started backdating. And because this is another thing, too, is that you can end up single for a number of reasons, divorce, widow or like me. And you've had this experience, too, at some point, just being happily single and then decide you want to go back into having a companion or, you know, having somebody to hang out with. And I had this gentleman actually just I had broken my gas tank, the little the door on there. And he just from out of nowhere, we were on a date, said, what's wrong with your thing? And I didn't think to, normally I would have said, oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to get it fixed. I was like, yeah, I, I broke it or whatever. It just kind of whatever. And he fixed it right there in the parking lot. And I was like, what is going on here? And I was like, oh, and it didn't even occur to me like, oh, he just wanted to fix that for me for whatever reason. And I was happy about it. And I owe him coffee told him I owed him coffee. And we just kind of moved on from that. And I think hearing you say that now triggers that like, oh, that's what that was. That's what that was. So it, it makes a lot of sense. So I guess we just have to practice it a little bit more. Now, what, did you have any other challenges before we move on with anything else you wanted to? No, but I want to just chime in on what you just said. When I watch my boyfriend, when I let him do something for me, because I'm pretty strong, just like you are. We are strong as women. We had to be. Okay, so whenever I will allow myself to receive from him, of him doing something for me, he is the happiest. I mean, it's like he lights up. And if you go to the grocery store, you can practice this. Go in and ask the produce guy, say, I need your help. Or could you do me a favor? I need some apples for a pie that are sweet yet tart. 
what do you think? What should I get? And you watch this guy's chest just puff <laughs> up and he goes strutting to get you your apples. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. I didn't want to cut you off, but I love that. There are going to be so many women and so many of my friends asking for apples at the supermarket now. It's going to be crazy. I love it. <laughs> oh, but the most important thing is you need to thank them because men feel underappreciated. And if you don't really need the apples, don't put them back where you just, you just go, okay, I guess I don't need them and put them down. You just watch that guy that puffed up to help you just deflate like a little puppy that you go, no, no to. <laughs> so actually buy the apples, actually buy the apples. Yeah, just get the apples. Or leave them at the checkout stand. <laughs> or leave them at checkout, yeah. Let somebody else put them back. That is wonderful. So basically practicing. It's basically a, a tool to actually learn and to get into it because a lot of times you forget because you've been in these, like I said, these alpha female places and you forget how to be flirty. I, like I said, I know nothing. I really <laughs> have had to start from scratch. I don't know how to flirt. I don't know how to do that. But I guess practicing it and I'll be asking for items at the supermarket more often than not. But one of the things... But it's not even flirting. It's, it's not even flirting. It's receiving. We're very good at giving. We're not so good at receiving as women. And you want to open up to receiving so that you don't have to do it all anymore. That's very true. And I hear more and more, you know, women are just really exhausted with having to carry the weight of everything. And one of the things too, even as you get older, there's more to care for. You're probably not just caring for yourself now, you're maybe caring for parents or your other things have started to happen in life that you need a little bit of a, some of the weight taken off of it. With some of the challenges, there are also some benefits to dating at 50. And I want to highlight some of those benefits to you. What do you think are some of the benefits of dating in 50? Oh, yeah. First of all, you get to choose now how a man fits in your life. When you were younger, especially if you're over 50 now, it was marriage. That was it. I mean, I remember living with my ex-husband in college, but you didn't announce that to anybody. It was like, Shh, just don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. You know, you still have to have your own place. No, you're shacking up. Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but today, you get to... <laughs> You, today you get choices for how you want a man to fit in your life. So some of the choices are one, he can be nothing. You meet a guy on a date. Don't think is this the one. Think how would I like him to fit into my life? He can be nothing and you can just say I'm not interested in a very kind way. He can be a boyfriend. You can just go on dates. He can be friends with benefits. I don't recommend that mostly because women get hurt. Because of the hormone oxytocin being released every time you have sex, a woman has a tendency to fall in love. Men mean what they say. If I'm your friends with benefits, that's what I am. And they'll come in one day and go, I found the love of my life. And you think you found the love of your life, but I'm the love of your life. But no, he was very clear. So you can get really hurt with friends with benefits. You can be in a long-term committed relationship living apart. You do not have to live together. Or you can be in a long-term relationship living together. Or you can be in marriage. So there's so many ways that you can be with someone that you couldn't before. And a lot of women like this because they want their independence, they're used to it. 
but they also want someone in their life. So you have choices. Nothing is written in stone. Nobody's going to say, are you shacking up? And you know, it's, it's lots of choices. There are. I agree with that. And that, that's one of the things that I, I love about being at this phase in my life is that I didn't realize how many options I was going to have in relationships and how I go about the world, how I show up in the world. And this has been one of the things that's key. I mean, I actually, and I think I told you this before, I had forgotten to factor in, you know, how I was going to have relationships now at this phase in my life. And then suddenly I'm thinking, yeah, I do. And then thinking about how I wanted to approach that, it was like, do I want to get married? No, probably not. But that's not out. Do I want to do these things? Having these choices have opened up a whole new world, I think, uh, for women over 50 that we need to be really considering and really giving ourselves a break as well. Another thing that I want to talk about is where do you start? Like I said, I came from a happily single place for a very long time. And once you get started saying, okay, you know what? I think I want to start looking at this relationship. I have my options. Where do you start? Where do you start that journey again, no matter how you ended up single or where you want to go with it after? The first thing is you do want to heal from a past relationship. It's so important because if you don't do that healing, you're going to drag all your baggage in and you're going to reattract what you just left. And this includes not only a passing of a spouse, a divorce, but this includes a a relationship anywhere from three months to two years to 10 years, whatever. Give yourself a chance to heal. You've got to get yourself back. Because as women, we can turn ourselves into pretzels to accommodate a guy and we can forget who we are. We really can't. And you want to get your life back, your passions back, because men are most attracted to the passion in you as a woman. Then you want to get that confidence in place we talked about earlier, that understanding of a man. You want to get that understanding of a man. And then you want to get a really clear vision of who you want today. Uh, before you ever go online, you should do these steps I've just mentioned. And that clear vision is really important because we have a tendency to go back to our old type, who is probably who we were looking for in our late teens, early 20s, where our hormones were driving, I'm looking for a dad for my babies. Versus today, it's about play and fun and being there through whatever happens as we're aging. So you want to get a clear vision. What's going to make me happy today? And I have women say to me, if I hadn't had that clear vision, we use a specific tool in my community called a quality man template. It's a real deep dive into your old type, who, by the way, you'd be with if he worked for you. But that's usually who we're looking for, that same old type, which is like a needle in a haystack. And you create a new type and women say to me, I wouldn't have seen him. I just never would have seen him. I'm the happiest I've ever been in a relationship because we kind of got to shift things up a little bit, scramble the eggs. <laughs> so scramble the men that you're dating. <laughs> and then once you have those in place, those are foundation pieces. Once you have those in place, then you can go online and you can go out into the real world. I encourage you to do both because the advantage of meeting someone in the real world is you see not only their face, but their personality, which can make them a lot cuter for you than when you're just out there online and you go, 
left, left, left versus right because you don't like how they look. And that's really a sad way to pick people because there's amazing people out there that don't photograph well, that just aren't as cute in a picture, but would be amazing partners and they get passed up all the time, both men and women. I agree with that. And I think that goes to it too is, and again, I, I like your perspective on it is, how are you able to pick up on all of the cues too? That's that's a thing for me. It's like when I meet someone in person, once you get past all the other stuff, you can really pick up on a, the things that you can't pick up on online. Kind of balancing those things out is very important. I've had to relearn what it is to date online and also trying to balance that because I'm so much more about being in person but sometimes that's just not realistic, I think now, you know, you think it's kind of like it's out there. I was always against having to have an online profile that I'm over that now because it's just not realistic to do that. But there really is a balance between it is it, it really is a balance uh, between both. And I love that you talk about how someone looks because and we talked about having our, you know, like we said, when we're younger, we have our, you know, our man list, our, you know, what he has to be list. And when you go back and look at it, and it's usually a very long, extensive list. And it's funny you mentioned that before. And I did go back and go, what was I looking for when I was in my 20s? And it all had to do with who was going to be, you know, the father of my children and all those different types of things. So when you go back to that list, you are so not that woman you were 20 years ago and 30 years ago. At least I'm not. I am so much more different than I was back then. And with good reason, you should be evolving. But all that to say, there's a lot of fear involved as well. I mean, you get to a place where you start to feel very vulnerable when you're online. And I think it's important that we're having this conversation here, but also about learning how to date, which is one of the things that you do, (laughs) by the way. It is. I do. And, and I don't mean that as a, you know, a, just, you know, some kind of fun. It really is something you have. It's OK to learn how to do that. It's just like people seeking out help for mental illness. The what's the word I'm looking for? The stigmas attached to that. There's nothing wrong with doing that. So I want to kind of go through what are some of the benefits to having someone actually help you and guide you through it. I went looking for a coach. I ended up figuring it all out on my own and there weren't any for people over 50. And that's why I became a coach once I figured this out. (laughs) Because I would go on dates and I would call my sister, God bless my sister, right before the date. And I would say, do you think he'll like me? Do you think I'm dressed okay? As if I had a crystal ball or if she had, as if she had a crystal ball to be able to look into and say, oh, yeah, Lisa, it's going to be whatever. So I wish I had had a coach. They just weren't there. And I do think a coach is really important. The problem is, is a lot of people think they should know how to date. And dating is not an innate skill. It's not. Usually, like when we were younger, we met people in high school or college or the first workplace that we worked at. And there were a lot of single people. But now you're in a situation where unless you look at people's fingers to see if they're married, you don't know, or, and lots of married people don't even wear rings. Men, they don't wear rings. So you don't know. It's why online dating has the most single men out there. And when I'm coaching people, though, the steps I mentioned to you earlier about the confidence, the understanding of men, how to identify who you want, how to go online, how to navigate all that. 
how to flirt again and meet men in real life. Those are all dating strategies. There's also a piece that has to go with it. And those are mindset strategies. Because when we're walking around with I'm not enough, no matter how great your profile is, you can only attract from where you're at. So if you don't feel enough, you're going to attract a guy he doesn't feel enough. And then you're just mirroring this for each other versus attracting when you feel enough, being able to attract a guy that also feels enough. Oh, that's wonderful. I like that. I love that so much. And as far as all that's concerned, did you have any other wisdoms or anything else you want to leave us with? Yeah. (laughs) Dating can be a lot of fun. Just like I mentioned when we first started, I said, I used to have fun dating. And one of the biggest reasons I had fun dating is I didn't, in my 40s, I used to go on a date, I'd read a profile, I would think, I've met the one, I've met the one. But all I was doing was telling myself a story. (laughs) All I was doing was telling myself a story based on what I had read. And this is why people get so messed up in online dating, because they see the profile, they see the picture, they get the story in their head, they go and meet the person, they go, that person lied. No, we just told, 99% of the time, we've told a story about who they are based on our filters and how we viewed their profile. So the best thing you can do is to go out there with confidence that you're a catch, you're the prize, and you don't necessarily have to be the only one proven you're the best one here. He's got to prove he's worthy of you and you him, but you don't have to do all that on a first date. First dates are really for having fun, getting to know each other, Go to meet someone new and interesting for every date. If you make it your goal of, I'm going to find out at least one or two interesting things about what this person has done in their life, your dates will be far more interesting. People will be more chilled. You'll be more laid back. He'll be more laid back versus doing the dating resume of how old are you? How many kids do you have? What's your sign? That stuff is boring. I mean, yeah, you got to get some of it in, but if you can ask questions, that bring history up that you live through together. Things like, what kind of games did you play when you were young? Or where'd your family go on vacation? What's your favorite place to go on vacation today? Where'd your family go on vacation? Those kinds of questions get people to reveal things about themselves that will help you see our values in alignment. And that's the most important thing. Qualities really are, are wish list. You want your values to align. That's the most important thing. But go out there to sum it up, go out there, have fun, find, meet a new and interesting person, decide if you want them to fit in your life in any way and how they should fit. And that's the most important thing. And then decide on that first date. Now to see the one, cause you really don't know. Uh, you may feel your hormones tingling and you may think he's nice, but that's it. Go on that first date with the objective of only thinking about, do you want a second date? <laughs> That is perfect. And that's the best place to leave this. And I am so glad you were able to join us today. And where can my listeners find you, Lisa? Where is the best place they can find you, get some coaching and and any other information about how to date and finding love? I have a website called 
findaqualityman.com. Again, that's findaqualityman.com. And on that website, you're going to find there is a free gift on there, the five little known secrets for finding a quality man. It's going to give you tips for finding for online dating, for dating in real life, for where to meet men at this time in your life. And it's just a nice little quick ebook, but it's going to, I hope, inspire and motivate you. I also have a book on Amazon called The Winning Dating Formula for Women Over 50. And like I said, that one is on Amazon. But my website again is findaqualityman.com. <laughs> oh, that's easy enough to remember, findaqualityman.com. And I love anything that leads with free. So the free ebook, get some of those secrets. <laughs> and I want everybody listening to this to go out and find love. And if I don't have any advice, but definitely seek out Lisa. She knows I got nothing. She's the expert here. And we're so glad to have you. And your advice is just chef's kiss. Thank you so much for joining us today. And look for Lisa. You have to come back too. Thank you, Alicia. <laughs> thank you for listening to 50 Now What? A special thank you to my guest, Lisa. Be sure to find her at findaqualityman.com and pick up her five secrets to dating ebook for free. Make sure to follow us, rate, and share the show. Make sure to follow me on Instagram for continuous updates at 50 Now What Podcast. That's 5-0 Now What Podcast. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with Matthew Jones as senior producer, Stephen Selnick as producer, and Rob Johnson as editor and audio engineer. I love working with this team. To learn more about making a podcast for you or your business, visit them at rainbowcreative.co.